from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. In this week's edition of WIA National News, WIA President Justin Giles Clark, VK7 Tango Whiskey, speaks for the Spectrum Strategy Committee. Greg, VK2GPK, one of our new directors of the WIA, with this week's edition of WIA Comment, What is the WIA? Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, talks about the Radio Communications Bill 2017. Jeff Emery, VK4 Zulu Papa Papa, has been thinking and asks you to not only do the same, but whether you are an Institute member or not, now is the time to lodge your practical and reasoned thoughts before final ACMA guidelines are set in stone. John Williams, VK4JJW, goes on the road with an electric car that charges as it travels. Felix, VK4FUQ, looks at magnetic evolution and the disappearance of sun-like activity cycles. And in special interest group news this week, we're joined by both VK3DN and VK3GR. All this and more in the June 11, 2017 edition of VK National News, broadcast on VK1WIA. This is Justin Giles Clark, VK7 Tango Whiskey for the Spectrum Strategy Committee. Well, we've entered Phase 2 of our Spectrum Reform Consultation, which is all about future licence conditions. Phase 2 is all about the proposed changes to each licence grade, and the consultation period opened on the 5th of June and will close on the 25th of June 2017. You can find a link to provide your responses on the email and internet editions of this broadcast and on the comprehensive outline of Phase 2 provided by Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, of the Spectrum Strategy Committee. The WIA has advocated and promoted reform of the amateur licence conditions since it was invited by the ACMA to provide a submission on the subject back in 2014. The Board and the Spectrum Strategy Committee made extensive efforts since then to prepare the ground with the ACMA on the proposed changes to the amateur licence conditions and the principles underlying those proposals. In April 2016, an updated submission was provided to the ACMA at its request, which consolidated what had transpired over the period since the first submission. This included amateur community and member feedback, and periodic discussions with the OCMA and the Federal Government's Spectrum Review. In summary, the underlying purpose is to enable greater self-determination for the amateur service, along with proposing updates to the licence conditions for all licence grades in order to ensure amateur radio remains relevant in a digitally connected age. The key proposals include enabling use of digital modes for the Foundation licensees, access to more bands for the Foundation and Standard licence, relaxing permitted bandwidths for all licence grades, removing mode restrictions, enabling DIY construction for Foundation licensees, review of the Foundation call signs to provide three-letter suffixes, and increased maximum power for all licensees. The key principle is that future licence conditions should not unnecessarily limit the breadth and depth of experimentation amateurs can explore and the technologies capable amateurs may wish to adapt and exploit. This consultation exercise is to provide the ACMA with formal evidential support for the proposed changes to the amateur licence conditions from the amateur community. 
Submissions are open to WIA members and non-members, and responses have equal weight. We want to hear from as many of you as possible. Please note that we are currently in Phase 1 consultation on general principles, and it has been extended to the 20th of June 2017. If you haven't already done so, you can provide your response to Phase 1 as soon as possible, please. And you can find how to at the link on the email edition of this broadcast. To finish off, a reminder that there is one more consultation phase to go, and Phase 3 will cover all the outstanding issues. And this phase opens on the 17th of June and closes on the 30th of June 2017. We look forward to hearing from you. And this has been Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey for the Spectrum Strategy Committee. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is Greg, VK2 GPK, one of the new directors of the WIA, with this week's edition of the WIA Comment. The new board is still very much in the transition phase from the previous board, as at the time of composing this comment, it is only just over two weeks since the 2017-2018 board was constituted at the conclusion of the AGM. We've had lots of input on what we need to do from various members, which is appreciated, as well as offers of help. Be assured that any new volunteer roles or roles backfilling vacant positions will be advertised on the WIA website for interested members to apply. But please be patient. We have much to do during this transition time. Which leads me to pose the question, what is the WIA? It is a volunteer organisation with a history going back to the early 20th century as the interface to various government instrumentalities to protect the hobby and facilitate access to the available spectrum. It has a strong community focus, especially in times of emergency, for example, Wyson. It has fostered the growth of the hobby and maintaining its relevance to the community in areas of technological research into radio communications. It is a true DIY organisation, and I don't mean in terms of homebrew equipment. It is volunteer-based and could not function without a core group of around 100 members who volunteer. Its most important role is to protect access to available spectrum for licensed amateurs and to grow the spectrum wherever possible. It does this for all amateurs, not just WIA members. The long-term future of the WIA is not assured. We have a declining membership base and many fixed costs that don't decrease with declining membership. Our largest cost by far is the AR magazine and there is a strong attachment to the printed copy, which I fully understand. We need more members from the current licensed amateurs, where only approximately 30% are members of the WIA. Another 500 to 1,000 members would place the WIA back in a strong fiscal position. So put the word out to help the WIA continue to protect the hobby by getting more members. To plagiarise a US president, don't ask what the WIA can do for you, ask what you can do for the WIA and the future of the hobby. I'd also like to add my thanks and congratulations to the 2017 Handoff AGM and Convention Organising Team for their energy and enthusiasm so evident in the various technology displays and events. The involvement of so many school children and consequently their parents was especially heartening to see on the Sunday technology events at the Oval, especially the balloon launch. Getting such young people enthused and having obvious fun with technology was truly inspiring and hopefully will lead to them gaining a lifelong interest in science and technology. This is also the way to revitalise and future-proof our technology hobby, which currently has an ageing and male-dominated cohort. Of course, this is no surprise to anyone involved with amateur radio. 
My own experience as a young teenager was with Rex Black's Youth Radio Club scheme at Westlake's Amateur Radio Club under the guidance of the late Keith Howard. I didn't wake up one day and think I really wanted to be a radio amateur, but I had a, an interest in all things electronic and also shortwave listening to the BBC and Voice of America from around 9 or 10. So a scheme that had a focus on mentoring electronics and basics like soldering skills was very compelling, as well as the chance to meet other high school students with similar interests. I did eventually sit the ASCP exam at the end of high school, but I saw it as an extension of my interest in electronics and communications, not as an end goal. Today, there are many avenues for young and the not-so-young to pursue an interest in technology, electronics and communications. These range from the explosion in interest of cheap single-board computers such as the Raspberry Pi to camera-equipped drones, affordable 3D printers, hacker spaces and maker groups. These avenues appeal to the same people that historically would have been attracted to the electronics and communications experimentation that is such a major part of the amateur radio hobby. I believe the WIA, its members and affiliated clubs need to embrace these alternative technology paths without prejudice of seeing them as competing hobbies or of a lesser value to the pure amateur radio hobby, but as the very people we need to reinvigorate the hobby. This is Greg, VK2GPK, on behalf of the WIA board. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with a few things to think about. It never rains but it pours, and I'm not talking about the weather. The WIA has a number of consultations happening right now, one on future licence conditions and another on the government's radio communications bill which will become the Act a bit further down the track. Others are covering the consultation on future licence conditions, so right now I'll talk about the Radio Communications Bill 2017, on which the Institute is seeking your input so that it can develop a submission to the Department of Communications and lodge it by or before the 30th of June. Just recently, out of the blue, I received an email about this from another amateur whom I've known for quite a long time. Let's call him Bob. Not his real name, but it will do for this occasion. Having read the package of papers released by the Department of Communications and the ACMA accompanying the draft legislation, Bob asked me some pertinent questions. His first question was this, and I quote, Would you agree that amateur radio is likely to end up being a poor cousin to the big commercial processes that abound in the telecommunications field? there seemed to be significant room for arbitrary bureaucratic decision-making that could easily disadvantage our sector, unless I've missed something. End quote. I answered Bob like this. I don't agree that amateur radio is likely to end up a poor cousin to commercial processes or to the telecommunications sector, unless the WIA and the amateur radio community drop the ball. There is provision in the draft legislation, indeed in the policies driving the legislative reform, to recognise and provide for community and public interest in and use of the radio frequency spectrum. One intent of the draft legislation is to move out operational decision making to users rather than leave it to a stretched bureaucracy. The amateur radio community should remain vigilant about our sector. Bob observed that many of the documents accompanying the draft new legislation seem to be focused on facilitating and or freeing up the business scene, where the aim is to make profits from trading in the marketplace. To this, I commented, 
One intent behind the draft legislation is to delegate functions and operations to users, such as industry groups. The allocation of frequency bands under the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan will still be a bureaucratic process requiring public consultation. What happens within the allocated bands will be wholly or partly delegated to users or user group organisations licensed to use a band or bands. Trading and the application of market forces will apply within those frequency allocations rather than across allocations, as I understand it. That doesn't mean to say that there'll not be pressure from commercial radio communications users to seek more bands across the spectrum. That will remain, and amateur radio needs to work constantly to look after its own interests, just as we have done for decades. It's interesting that all this is happening, Bob observed. Then he asked about who was after our bits of spectrum. He means those 25 bands we have throughout the RF spectrum. Bob commented that he's not optimistic about our ability to hang on to areas of spectrum other than junk bits that no one wants. He related that he had operated on some HF bands for a weekend early this year and quickly came to the conclusion that man-made noise has already killed the fun that he used to have there, adding that this seems to be an example of the inability of the forces of government to effectively deal with the tendency of business forces to reduce standards in this area so that profits are maximised. I replied to him by saying that I think we have reached an era where there are no junk bits of spectrum. No reading of the papers with the draft bill seemed to say that the issue of EMI RFI will get rather more attention in future, albeit through related legislation. Over the past one to two decades, lax bureaucratic attention has seen the impact of EMI and RFI grow to a point where there's a market backlash developing as communications problems imposed by the rising impact on equipment design and operation tends to drive up manufacturing and operating costs. The economists point out that this sort of thing is called a disbenefit of the tragedy of the commons. Look that up on Wikipedia. Perhaps we might call the rise in EMI and RFI, RF climate change. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH for VK1WIA News. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. An issue that was raised on one of the Facebook amateur radio groups during the week received many comments. It was past WIA President Phil Waite who posted a story from his family which raised issues about people joining the hobby or not. In this case, it was someone who sat and passed their assessment and then failed to follow through to obtaining the call sign to go on air. This may not be a common occurrence, but there seems to be a high attrition rate in people who investigate the hobby and even sign up to do a course, then just drop off. The discussion that followed pointed to a number of issues that Phil describes correctly as access. That is, being able to make entry into our wonderful world of electronics. I know that our assessment system depends on volunteers apart from the final part of the process, which is handled by the WIA National Office. What is clear is that many people are not following up on approaches by prospective amateurs. Courses and assessments may not be easily suited to people's work routines, and there is really little provision for people who are not club members because of remoteness. You may be able to add many fa other factors which inhibit people from getting into amateur radio. Now, the thing is that many people are anxious to see the whole licensing framework modernised, and you will hear from WIA National News about the detailed improvements that the WIA is negotiating with the ACMA. What I reckon we need is a string of positive developments from all parts of the hobby, 
that the Consultative Committee can propose to the regulator, knowing they have major support. Whether you are an Institute member or not, now is the time to lodge your practical and reasoned thoughts before the final guidelines are set in stone. As the whole radio spectrum licensing regime is to be overhauled with the new Act of Parliament, it is time for us to think about what we want our hobby guidelines to be. If you haven't already completed the surveys on the WIA website, please go and have a look at the draft proposals and then either do the online surveys, there are two running, or put in your own submission to the ACMA consultation paper. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on HF and at least three repeated networks, including VK7RAA and linked repeaters across the north and VK7RTC and RCH in the south. Also streamed over www.vk7taz.net at 0900 hours local on Sundays and 2000 hours local on Tuesdays. I'm Peter, VK7 Papa Delta. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, WIA Local News Service, VK7, VK3PC and the worldwide sources of the WIA. IARU Region 2, together with the ARRL, will be giving for the second time the Amateur Radio Administration course in Mexico City from August 7 to 9. This course is aimed at the people in charge of administering the amateur and amateur satellite services in the ministries of communications or regulatory agencies in the region. Imagine, if you like, it's the WIA inviting ACMA to tell what we in Region 3 do. The objective is to bring these people closer to our activity. The course includes, among many other topics, the legal amateur radio framework of the International Telecommunications Union, amateur radio spectrum, reciprocal licensing, electromagnetic compatibility, emergency communications, IARU and its member societies, etc. It also includes topics that explain how amateurs operate, digital communications, telegraphy, phone, contests and so on. This event ends with a visit to an amateur radio station where participants can better understand the material presented and where they have the opportunity to make some on-air contacts. The course is offered at no cost for regulators. Testing and planning for roads with built-in wireless charging infrastructure continues with news this month of a successful test in France and grander plans in Israel. The French test road includes a 100-metre track with underlying wireless charging technology. It's claimed the infrastructure can supply a charge of up to 20 kilowatts for vehicles travelling up to and in excess of 100 kilometres an hour. During the demonstration test, electric cars and vans successfully received charge when running in either direction along the test track. Israeli startup company Electroad has secured a grant from the Israeli government and permission to build a test installation on about a kilometre of public road in Tel Aviv. This stretch of road is due to open in 2018 and will test out the durability of Electrode's technology under real-world conditions. If everything pans out well, the company will be given permission and funds to build out its technology along an 18-kilometre-long busway between Elat and Ramon International Airport. 
Claims are buses on roads equipped with wireless electric charging will require smaller battery packs, which will be used primarily to help with acceleration and travelling on patches of road without built-in charging infrastructure. Additionally, these batteries will last much longer, potentially up to 25 years. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. In radio operational news, it's contact sport. I'm Felix VK4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. VK Shires June 10 and 11 on this weekend. Trans Tasman Open Contest 160, 8040, Saturday July 15, and start time is 08 hours UTC, and finish time is 14 hours UTC. WA's flagship contest and Remembrance Day Contest 12th and 13th of August. August 1920, IWRW, the third full weekend in August since 1998. August 26, Alara Contest, start time 1600 hours. This is a 24 hour contest for YLs. October CQ, WWDX, SSB Contest, always October's last full weekend. The Treaty of the Danish West Indies. A special event throughout 2017 celebrates the 100th anniversary of the United States Virgin Islands. The EDR Ham Radio Club of Skanderborg will use the call sign OZ100DVI from January 1 to December 31. It marks the centenary of the Treaty of the Danish West Indies, sold to the USA and renamed the Virgin Islands. OZ100DVI will be on all bands and includes server activity from St Thomas Island on the Lake Skanderborg. Further is on the website qrz.com. Antarctic operator Alex RN1ANC is on the Russian Vostok station Antarctica, where it will be until February 2018. His call sign again, RI1ANC, and during his spare time he will be active on CWSSB and digital. QSL manager is RN1ON. Pretty close to the middle of nowhere, to Timbuktu is the country of Mali in Africa. Fredo, TZ4PR, is active from Mali until October 2017, and that's TZ4PR. He is working on HF bands using the ASU FT-857 transceiver and a 9 metre long wire antenna. 20 experienced radio amateurs from 8 countries, members of the MDXC, are planning on a de-expedition to Burundi and will be active 6 to the 17th of November 2017 as 9U4M. They will operate on HF bands. QSL via IK2VUC. The remind they have planned to operate 24, 24 hours with 5 stations and with a particular focus to the low bands, WARC and Digi modes. Wireless weather. The Sun's 11-year magnetic cycle appears to be ending, but that won't happen anytime soon. In a paper submitted on May 26 to the journal Solar Physics, two solar scientists are reinterpreting earlier evidence to hypothesise that the Sun's rotation rate and magnetic field are in a transitional phase that could lead to lengthening solar cycles, with the cycle ultimately disappearing altogether between 800 million and 2.4 billion years from now. Travis Metcalf and Jennifer Van Saters proposed this scenario in a paper, Magnetic Evolution and the Disappearance of Sun-like Activity Cycles. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide, South Australia, it can be heard on 476kHz lower sideband at 9am on Sunday mornings. I'm Steph, VK5FQ. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's defence. Whilst ham radio offers a social opportunity for some, it provides therapeutic relief for others. The Dayton VA grabbed this notion by the horns, opening an on-campus station, W8DVA, in late 2016 to assist US veterans living with PTSD. 
Xenia Ham Jim Simpson, WB8QZZ, played a major role in getting the station up and running. Much of the operation was funded by the Dayton Amateur Radio Association, which also supports Hamvention. It's intended to assist those with PTSD to focus and get their minds off the bad things that have happened in their life, WB8QZZ said. Amateur radio is an extraordinary thing for focusing people and it's enjoyable to be able to communicate around the world with hams. Station guests are greeted by QSL cards, logs and interactions hanging on the walls in addition to a classic radio that was used by military members contacting home during the Vietnam War. Dr John Mathis, WA5FAC, a doctor in charge of radiology at the Dayton VA, said that the sight of the vintage equipment is yet another avenue of therapeutic relief. Staying on a medical theme this week, Brian, VK3GR, looks at the Medical Amateur Radio Council. And in the autumn of 1965 in New York, Dr William L. Sprague, WA6CRN, held a meeting of physicians and dentists interested in exploring the formation of a medically-oriented amateur radio operators organization. A group of 95 members was organized, and the organization was formalized at a meeting in 1966, the following year. The purpose of MARCO is to promote goodwill and friendship among amateur radio operators worldwide who are professionals in the healing arts or who have an interest in various medical, dental and allied fields which constitute the healing arts. On-the-air network operation is considered an integral part of MARCO activity and is conducted for the purpose of discussing and exchanging medical and technical information and wherever possible to be of public service by assisting medical emergencies and other priority traffic. So if you are a practicing medico, drop them a note to find out sket times. Uh, but OneNet is actually their Grand Rounds. Marco Grand Rounds is a discussion of medical topics of interest to professionals, paraprofessionals, and patients. 14 decimal, 342 megahertz, Sunday 1600 UTC, that's winter in the US months, and Sunday 1500 UTC in the summer months for the USA. This Grand Round session is also often live streamed. Thanks, Brian. And now it's to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Jordan's first CubeSat, JY1SAT, will be launched next February. The spacecraft's name recalls the amateur radio call sign of Jordan's late King Hussein. JY1SAT will carry a FunCube 435-145MHz SSB CW amateur radio, inverting transponder and a slow-scan digital TV SSDV system to transmit stored images. JY1SAT applied to the IIRU last month. It's in May to coordinate a telemetry downlink on the 145.850 MHz and transponder downlink passband of 145.855.145.875 MHz with an inverting uplink on 435.100-435.120 MHz. The SpaceX flight will carry JY-1SAT into orbit from Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. The Australian Air League in an ARIS hookup. An international space station, ARIS Contact, was held with 19 questions asked of an astronaut by cadets at the Australian Air League AAL South Australia Wing, Elizabeth in South Australia. The AAL, founded in 1934 for young people, aims to encourage interest in aviation as a career or as a hobby. Gathered for the event were 100, including Air Force personnel. All observed a minute's silence in respect of one of their own staff, an experienced pilot killed with two others the day before when their Cessna Conquest crashed 
shortly after takeoff from Remark Airport. Then the RS contact on May the 31st began, despite initial difficulties with their new phone system that were overcome by Australian RS coordinator Shane Lynn VK4K8Z. And there was great audio from Thomas Pesquet, KG5FYG, a French aerospace engineer pilot and European Space Agency astronaut who used the call sign NA1SS via the Santa Rosa Junior College Amateur Radio Club W6SRJ Telebridge. Among questions asked by the cadets was the space junk hazard, the experiments conducted, the training required and involved, and how 3D printer elements acted in zero-gravity space to more personal matters like food and having a haircut in space. Thomas, KG5FYG, also talked about the views he had from space, achievements being made in his spare time activities and the return to Earth. Also, the next day, television station Channel 9 Adelaide at least twice reported on the event that it attended. Thank you to Bill Hellendahl, K86GJV, and Don Dolby, KE6UAY, who were at the W6SRJ Telebridge from 2am local time, and to Shane, VK4K8Z, who moderated the contact. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Now, as we wrap up shop on the social scene, the long weekend, June 10 to 11 in VK2, the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's 42nd annual field day at Port Macquarie. June 10 to 11 in VK5, it's the SERG annual convention and the VK Fox Hunting Championships. Now, until next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.